0: Key factors out of today's budget. Government is going to spend 150 billion rand from the Gold and Foreign Exchange Contingency Reserve to meet its debt requirements. It'll happen in three tranches over the next three years. Um, It will save 30 billion rand a year in interest payments. Uh, So that is a little bit of good news on that particular front. Uh, A lot of money, 57 billion for nurses, doctors and teachers. Uh, And then, of course, we have got a, a whole bunch more in terms of social services, including education, health and social grants. Social grants uh, will cost the fiscus uh, the fiscal cost you actually 387.3 billion rand this next year. Uh, I think a lot of relief today that there was no big announcement on NHI. But let's hear from the person who uh, was in charge of drafting today's budget. That's Duncan Peterson, Director General at the National Treasury. A couple of points of parity, if we can, from you, Duncan peter sir please explain the decision to dip into the foreign exchange and gold reserves at the reserve bank a lot of people will find that a little bit uncomfortable uh, it's like breaking open the piggy bank to uh, to pay for the holiday explain what the thinking is behind that please uh,
1: good evening bruce and to your listeners Look, we are certainly not dipping into the reserves. Uh, One of the key um, principles of the Jafekra reform that we are introducing today is that there should be no sales of foreign exchange reserves to realize any of the Jafekra drawdown. So what we are effectively doing is we are taking advantage of the fact that Uh, because of the steady depreciation in the currency over many years relative to other reserve currencies, the Jafikra account, which houses the valuation gains and losses, has grown to a point where it now sits above uh, 500 billion. And in order to bring uh, South Africa and our practices um, closer to peer norms and to the way that other uh, treasuries and central banks manage these kinds of accounts, we have introduced a new settlement methodology. And in terms of the settlement uh, methodology, we are going to be able to uh, use 150 billion of the just over 500 billion that sits in this account over the next three years in order to finance the gross borrowing requirement, which is a cheaper form of financing than going directly into the market. And we are also using another 100 billion uh, of the just over 500 billion in order to um, ensure that the solvency of the Reserve Bank is not compromised by putting 100 billion into a contingency reserve at the Reserve Bank. <laughs>
0: Um, and look, it's, it's highly technical and complicated. The, the question here is whether or not you're going into the National Piggy Bank and taking money out. You suggest that there are structures and mechanisms and ways in which you can do this with, mi- with minimal impact, in fact, on those reserves. But is it based on a bet that the RAND continues to depreciate at a fairly alarming rate in order to make up those contingency reserves again over a period of time?
1: The way in which we've designed uh, this reform, uh, Bruce, is that there are effectively three buckets. And and the first bucket uh, that we are proposing, which is a a Jafekra buffer, ensures that there are sufficient funds available of the 506 billion to absorb any exchange rate swings. If we don't do that, then the Treasury would have to do what it did uh, many years ago, is to reimburse the Reserve Bank for those. So we are confident that the buffer that we've created using these Cefekra valuation gains are such that if there are any uh, currency appreciation or if there are any volatile swings in the currency, that there is sufficient funding available in that buffer uh, to not compromise uh, the central bank solvency or not lead to a situation where we have to pay the Reserve Bank,
0: for those losses. And the 15% tax on foreign companies doing business in South Africa, that's going to raise a further 8 billion rand. Uh, This is also another mechanism you say is bringing us in line with international best practice. Explain that one, if you would.
1: Yeah, so this is really a uh, reform that was spearheaded by the OECD G20 Inclusive Framework on Base Erosion and Profit Shifting, And the rules here are really uh, designed to limit the various ways in which multinationals use to shift profit from high to low tax jurisdictions. And effectively what we are doing as part of this global minimum tax is we are saying that any multinational with annual revenue that exceeds 750 million euros will be subject to an effective tax rate of at least 15% regardless of where their profits are located. And, and, if, and, and the way we achieve this mainly is that to the extent that those companies have an effective tax rate that is lower than 15%, we are introducing a uh, minimum top-up tax to bring them up to the level of 15%. And we are not the only country doing this. This is part of a, a global reform at ensuring that profit shifting by multinationals is managed in a, in a globally cooperative manner.
0: Duncan you Peter sir, the Director General at National Treasury thanks for your time this evening to Edward Kisveta we go Edward uh, is the Commissioner at the South African Revenue Service Commissioner did you make your budgets this year it seemed like you were um, scraping many many barrels and finding some of them empty
2: well none of the barrels are empty Chris but yes we are looking at all areas where obviously we find that compliance revenue may be short uh, and, and I have to say that we have been very successful. The the, the issue is always that under difficult economic conditions uh, and companies and individuals having to reprioritize, often um, tax compliance is the, um, uh, the the soft target. And so during these times, our compliance efforts have to step up significantly more just to ensure that we maximize the, um, the tax revenue for the minister and therefore minimize his impact on borrowing.
0: The real economy, though, is struggling and at best, and we always know National Treasury tends to underestimate the budget blowouts that happens and underestimates demands on the fiscus and always overestimates the growth rate. Uh, last year's growth rate came in at 0.6 instead of 0.8%, and the best estimate the Treasury Around 1.6%, which is nowhere near enough for this economy to absorb the deep needs um, that it has. How much flexibility do you think there is in the collection system to keep growing collections at the rate that South Africa has enjoyed in recent years, or at least SARS has enjoyed in recent years?
2: So I think it's an important point that uh, while our economy is struggling, our tax base is definitely not growing and therefore the focus on compliance efforts is even more important. To your specific question, Bruce, the the low-hanging fruit for us, and it's low-hanging fruit is kind of a poetic license because it's hard to, to, to harvest it. The first is we have a growing debt book of almost 300 billion rand. This is revenue that is not disputed by taxpayers. They just don't pay it. Just this year, for example, we have had to resolve over 2 million such cases, and that has yielded over 70 billion that would not have been in the fiscal side if it not been for this piece of work. Um, so our, our growing debt book is an opportunity for us if we become more effective at, at managing that.
0: The second opportunity is the prolific... No, so, sorry, Edward Kiesford, I must I must just pause there for a moment. 300 billion rand that is owed to you that is simply not being paid. I mean, is this uh, money that corporates are objecting to in terms of their tax assessments or individuals are objecting to, or is this just people are hiding under the bed when the tax man comes knocking? No, this is not
2: debt that is disputed or objected to. That's another bucket. So what I'm saying is just taxes that taxpayers, individuals and companies, are not paying because they are... Either delinquent payers or they just don't have the money amounts to 300 billion. And unless SARS focuses on the, those efforts on collecting it, that money would not come. Um, and that could be anything from writing your final demand letter, making follow up phone calls, to issuing civil judgments and taking it to court. All of that work, as I said, has healed at 70 billion, but there's still so much more that we need to collect. Another area I was going to focus on is the attack on our refund system. The refund system, you you mentioned earlier to Duncan about raiding the piggy bank. Um, Well, there's another piggy bank that taxpayers and especially uh, criminal and fraudulent taxpayers raid and that's the refund uh, uh, piggy bank. So we have had to improve our detection capability when taxpayers claim an impermissible refund by either not disclosing income or overstating expenses, but also creating fake companies purely to deduct the input taxes without any intention to trade. We would not be able to do that unless we employed uh, data science and artificial intelligence. And this year, through this work, we were able to detect
0: uh, 1.5 billion instances, and that mm. has yielded do you, 6, do six you billion have right. adequate Do you have adequate support from the justice system in terms of prosecutions, in terms of really hunting down and prosecuting delinquent taxpayers? Occasionally there's a statement from SARS to say uh, that you've sort of nailed somebody's skin to the door who hasn't been paying their taxes or filling in their tax returns, but one doesn't get many statements like that, and I wonder whether or not you have adequate support from uh, from the the powers that be to help you with enforcement.
2: Bruce, the entire justice system is still undercapacitated and not as effective as we need. So yes, to someone like myself, I I often wish that we could follow through the civil compliance that we enforce, followed by the criminal cases that we build. And we've we've worked with the justice system to hand them what we called prosecutor-ready files. And in those cases, we have found a high level of conviction. But the big, complex cases just do not get as efficiently addressed as we need to.
0: Edward Kiesvetter, thank you. Edward Kiesvetter, the Commissioner at the South African Revenue Service. Listening to all of that, the very patient Gina Skuman, economist at Citibank in South Africa. What are the, the big issues for you in Budget 2024? Gina, good evening.
3: Hi, good evening Bruce. Um it's been a long day <laughs> as it always is. I think the big issue here is what stole the tender is Defcra. So another big acronym for all of us to get to know very well. As economists and financial market participants have been talking about it for quite some time and that's effectively the 150 billion drawdown of the gold foreign exchange reserves that they're going to use to reduce debt. Now, that obviously is the overriding story. The financial markets, were very happy to see that. We saw bond yields come down. We saw the currency strengthen. However, and I have to say that (laughs) as an economist, If you look past DEFECRA into the actual budget, not very much has changed. And, And I don't mean to be unfair to Treasury. I do think National Treasury does whatever they possibly can to collect as much revenue as possible and to try and contain expenditure. But what is, of course, a concern is that the structural budget is not necessarily guaranteed to pan out the way that Treasury has it down on paper. And that's, of course, a concern down the line.
0: However, if you don't take action and you don't act and you don't use the mechanisms at your disposal, you then run the risk, of course, of a budget blowout because the government's debt burden is at its worst level. I think I saw a figure since 1947 or something, which is catastrophic and has been something that's been causing real palpitations for investors for an awfully long time.
3: Yes, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm by no means saying that they should not have used just and these reserves. I think it was the correct decision because it had got to a point where nice. 500 billion profit is just It's just too much, it's too big. So they had to find a way around it, and the coin phrase is how to right-size it. Anyway, regardless of the numbers, I think what's important here is that, number one, this money, these unrealized profits that will now be realized, will be used only to reduce the borrowing. And that does open up relief within the budget, which hopefully will allow Treasury to continue containing expenditure and, of course, continue um, pushing for revenue efforts. I mean, after all, if this is going to reduce the interest payments on our government debt, just think how much We could use that room if these interest payments are currently swallowing up 20% of all revenue collected in South Africa. So that is quite a lot of space that hopefully Treasury will keep control of. And I say that with emphasis because I do think Treasury is sensible in trying to balance this all out. But we will obviously have to see how this works in upcoming budgets.
0: Thank you very much to Gina Skuman, the economist at Citibank, for us this evening.